Hello, Frida Wallace. Hiya, how you doing? Hi. Um, so, welcome to episode 44 of the Gender Nebulous podcast and YouTube thing. Um, I'm Vicky Hodges, and my lovely co-host is Miss Frida Wallace. Back again, post-surgery. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, post-surgery. Mm. So, what have you been doing? What have you had done? Well, I've, oh, we know this what week, had I've had a really weird week, because I've ju- I just not been able to go out, and I've been on like some really strong painkillers. And I've just been trying to keep myself entertained. I've, I've made the mistake in going, of going into ch- Twitter chat spaces again, which is always a bit of a fucking Yeah, that's, always, but, that's always a bit of a... But anyway, <laughs> it keeps me entertained. Uh, watch loads of YouTube, watch loads of podcasts, you know, watch loads of crap news and you talk TV. <laughs> so how are we medically? Are we, are we in good shape? I've convale- convalesced. Convalescing. With the uh, help of my friend, you know what? I've got to get a name right. I've got to pronounce her name right because I promised that I would. Um, Shearer. <laughs> Shearer. That's what I call her. Um, you know, Shearer Cassidy, who uh, comes into our live chat space. Oh, right. She, she's been keeping me entertained pretty much nonstop for the whole week. On the um, Twitter spaces? No, just on uh twitter and right, keeping you entertained yes yeah so keeping me amused and i mean that's a job in itself isn't it really <laughs> and i've got my follow-up appointment tomorrow so i'll have the bandage taken off and hopefully that's it so Great. are you are you pleased with the results so Absolutely. oh yeah really i'm you know it's, it's painful still yeah it's not it's it's eased a little bit but it's yeah but i I'm not going to like reveal too much. I wasn't expecting a, re- a reveal live on the pod or anything. Microphone strategically placed, but, but no, you know, it's, not... it's, a, it's an important issue for you know trans women because a lot of trans women yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just really happy with it. Um, and obviously, I'll be happier when it's the settled down and I can. Yeah. You know, I'm not in pain, but yeah, I'm glad I did it. And... So back tomorrow for checkup. Removal yeah. of post surgery, post surgery thingy. What's it? Yeah, yeah, and then that's it. And then that's it. So then it's just a case of just, I, I don't know, just not doing anything too strenuous for a few weeks, I guess. Yeah, I'll be off work for a few weeks, so I'll yeah. be doing a bit more writing and uh, doing more blogging. And looking, I'm looking into, I'm looking into something really interesting at the moment. And it's about the politicization. Well, this is how I've titled it in my rough draft. And it's the politicalization of trans identities across the political spectrum. So what I'm looking at is some the, the you know, you know, you know, with the, as we come become into an increasingly more conservative culture, mm-hmm. I I've noticed there are some trans people or people that are on a gender spectrum that are identifying away from identifying as female. So they might say, I'm trans, but I'm still male, right? Because, and I, and and it's a it's a weird schism to me because it's like uh, you know I've had conversations with people. It's like, why do you function in society in real life? You know, because people have, if you, you present female, chances are people are going to refer you to as miss and missus or uh, madam or whatever it is. Because we are, we know that in in gender to me is a, is a social thing. It's not it's not just something that's going on in your head. So I'm interested in that because because I've noticed 
you know, the ramping, especially in America, with the ramping up of um, a lot of anti-trans talking points and all this, I think some trans people are quite scared about where they fit into society. So I suspect what the people you're talking about are probably Americans, I would, I would think. Well, there's some British, uh, mostly American, but it's just interesting to look at because there are like two versions of of the argument. There's one that, you know, there's a trans person, It's they kind of want to fit in socially, you know, cis-normatively, I suppose you could describe it. And then there are people who are in a more queer, uh, androgynous end of the spectrum who don't necessarily need feel the need to present in any what you could call beauty standard kind of way everything is valid but it's like within that the 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 society gives you kind of limiting options about you know when you apply for a gender recognition certificate or you you change your identity on your passport and things like that. You don't have many options, really. So you're either non-binary, which you can't. I don't think you can change that. I don't think in the well, UK, you can't do it in this country. I know in some countries you can. We'll come on to that. I'm yeah. Canada, but, US, certain states, you can. UK, yeah. you can't. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking about what it means in terms of identity, and if you know, there's something. There's a lot of ephemeral stuff about being trans or being non-binary. A lot of it is kind of a, th- a philosophical way of looking at identity. So I think it's it's a good conversation to have. And I'm thinking about interviewing a couple of people, maybe as a, a, a little side podcast, because I had interviewed Turfs before. I, I remember we interviewed Isot White, and I really liked that conversation, even though. Um, I don't agree with her. I think we had a, a fairly calm and understanding conversation. But I'd like to do that with other people that are, are not so far, <laughs> you know, not so far as like saying we don't think trans people should exist at all. Because I think that is part of the, you know, when people start saying, oh, well, what about prisons? What about single sex spaces? What about sports? I, I, ju- I don't think that argument carries over to most people's real social lives. So what I want to do is take those arguments and test them by asking people that do live a trans identity, but are not, you know, they're also not on board with the with the turfs. You know what I mean? That they're somewhere in the middle of all of that. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's interesting to look at, and I, I, that's what I want to. That's a plan, maybe uh, for a, in a few months that I want to do. So it kind of plays into this kind of you know, binary trans and non-binary trans, doesn't it? I think we should embrace variance. I think diversity, nature prefers diversity. And I think, you know, the the idea that there's a certain kind of trans or a certain kind of woman even is a negative idea to me. I think everybody's identity, however you want to express it, there's a validity to that. The problem is we live in a legal system we're living well legally the whole spectrum is covered by the equality Mm. act yeah so let's have a look yeah be interesting to see how it plays out you know especially with scotland at the moment contesting this uh the overturning of the gra so yeah that's where i'm at with that yeah right well that sounds interesting trying to put my free time to some good use (laughs) yeah should we um Shall we start with the news? Yeah, let's get back into the usual smorgasbord of nonsense. Okay, I shall. That is the UK media. down into our tiny selves. 
and bring on our first topic. Now, this topic, although we have spoken about this before, it's been in the news again. It seems to be getting stuck in the news. Anyway, so it's this one. It's the old uh, the Budweiser, Bud Light issue with, um, yeah, you know, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan, Mulva- Dylan Mulvaney has not been out of the news now. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> how long has it been now? Is it, I think it was April 1st when it first yeah broke mm. this story and that's yeah. what was it now april 26 something it's um yeah yeah it's been in the news for like three weeks going on for the more the more i've the more i've looked at it and the the sort of mechanisms of the way this story plays out I, the more i think more the more i like dylan mulvaney because imagine being that imagine you know, being that... imagine being dylan in this situation at the moment she must be because you'd need your own security team wouldn't you yeah really well i mean the the thing that caught my eye with this one is that budweiser is now being targeted by bomb threats as right-wing snowflakes keep raging over dylan Mulvaney collaboration so apparently what's been happening is that the factories in the states where where they make this i think it's also made in the uk but um where it's made in the in the us have, have been receiving bomb threats from far right groups you see the thing is the thing is when you there's a certain certain kind of person in america that watches far right news youtube channels and things like that and they're they're being radicalized and they and and it's exactly the thing that they accuse trans people you know you know people like stonewall doing and mermaids it's like nobody's radicalizing anybody for us you know but they definitely are for the right because like there's there's no gender ideology, but there definitely is a far right ideology, and and weak minded people or people that are just a few cans of Budweiser away from shooting up a school are, are watching those kind of people, and uh, and that's really fucking scary because we've seen it happen, you know, when they were campaigning outside gender clinics and they were campaigning outside abortion clinics. These are the same people. That are going to get somebody killed, and you know that that doesn't bear th- thinking about. And 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 it's, I mean, it's already happened. You know, there's there's. I mean, there's of- been all kinds of things on social media with people, you know, doing stuff with Bud Light, like pouring it down the drain. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we we had um, Kid Rock having a bit of a tantrum and shooting it up with a gun. Yeah. You know, it's like it's been all over the place. Apparently, Rosie O'Donnell and Howard Stern have also been making comments. The interesting thing about this is, it's a. I think the re- the reason this thing has touched a nerve is because it's a beer, Budweiser, and Budweiser is like one of those all American brands. You know, they have the. It's always the you know the Super Bowl. They always have a slot for Budweiser. Well, I think I think they're trying to like, change their image a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, it's always been a very male sort of. Domain. Oh yeah. So so what you've got here is. The queerification of something, and they don't like that. They feel like beer itself is being feminized, or it's being uh, queerified. And uh, trans women drink beer, don't they, Victoria? <laughs> they do. I mean, I do. Howard Stern. Howard Stern addressed the shooting video on Monday, tenth of April, episode of his uh, Sirius XM radio show with an inclusive message of LGBTQ support. The radio host expressed a desire to ask Kid Rock why a trans woman partnering with a beer company is so triggering for him. So well done to um, Howard Stern. Yeah. 
Howard Stern's a really weird guy, isn't he? Because in a lot, uh, of have you ever listened to that serious show? I mean, you probably you're probably not because it's it's satellite radio in the states. I used to. Uh, get well, well, well I have not. Listened quite, to I mean, that. it's quite a. He's one of these shock jocks, isn't he? I mean, it's. Yeah, but I mean, in, I'm surprised uh, he's come out supportive. I wouldn't have said he would have been a supportive kind of person, but no, but it's not a right. Yeah, Howard Stern is not what he. Howard Stern is somebody that is a, a professional contrarian. And and that is what I always made his money. And 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 I've not I've not listened to the show recently, but I, there's lots of clips on YouTube where he interviews celebrities, and he and, and his interviews are always quite interesting because the celebrities going on to stay know that he's given a kind of license because of who he is to ask questions that no other interviewer would probably ask, and the people that go on to the show kind of know that. So you get some really interesting things. And he's interviewed everybody from like Kate oh, yeah. Perry to um, God, what's this? You know, political people. And he had, uh, and he's also had, I'm trying to think, he's had, he, he has a lot of different, he has a lot of very good so. years, that show. So yeah. just, just some of the things that he, he was saying on the show, I'll just read it out. You know, he, he's saying, I, I thought there must be a piece of this story that I'm missing. Um, I'm not bothered by gay people or trans people, they don't impact my life. They don't hurt my life. I love when people are in love. You want to be a woman, be a woman. You want to be a dude, be a dude, but be whatever you fucking want. As long as you ain't hurting anybody, I'm on your team. I wish I could call Kid Rock and have him come over on the show and just tell me why are you so upset about this? How is it hurtful? I don't know don't know why he got so upset. You know. Well, you know, Kid Rock's sort of fan base is kind of and his and his whole brand is about being yeah, but what's his issue though? I mean, okay, so he's you know, he's he's pretending to be this macho guy, but No, yeah, but I don't what's think his issue with LGBT people? It's like Yeah, but yeah, but it, 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 I'll be honest and be cynical. You know, the, the kind of mechanism that promotes Dylan Mulvaney into the media is the same mechanism that has Kid Rock there because they they have marketing guys, they have people doing a bit of research for them and go, You need to get on this kid. Because if you do this thing, that's the kind of people your fans are. Those kind of people that would love that, and that's it's like this constant snowballing of of memeing. It's like everything is a meme now. It's not a real yeah. political position. It's not a real opinion. It's something that is put out there as a, a kind of meme. And and these things have longevity because they start rolling down the hill, pick more things up as they're going down the hill, and we're all in a race to the bottom. <laughs> Even Dylan Mulvaney is part of that mechanism. Other beers are available. Stella, yeah, well, right, well, you've got your very special Stella glass. I'm I've got my Stella. I'm drinking Stella unfiltered, which is really nice. I've been getting quite into this one. You know what? I buy beers mm. based on what I like the design. What are you drinking there? No, I'll try that. Anyway, into our next we're story. Adver- we're advertising. Send us some money. Yeah, send us some beer. If you put um, a little tag in the video, do, will it say, will it go to the beer company? And they'll say, oh, look. They're probably watching there. anyway. They're probably looking for trans people to come and do adverts with them, you know. Yeah, but I think, we, I think we're going to need more than 100 views. <laughs> <laughs> you got to build it up slowly. I think uh, Dylan Mulvaney, we're, I think we're something like 999 million views to go yet before we reach that level. Okay, it won't be long then. <laughs> won't be long. This next story is, is kind of the same theme, but a different different brand, different person. 
So this is a lingerie <laughs> brand, Honey Honey Bidet. I've never really heard of Honey Bidet before. No, no, um, no. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. So this one is, um, yeah, lingerie brand Honey Honey Bidet defends using non-binary model Jake Dupree in Brarad. So it's an Australian company. Um, defended its decision to feature a non-binary model following an anti-LGBT backlash. Honey Burdett posted several photos on Instagram of French model Jake Dupree wearing a three-piece lingerie outfit as part of an advertising campaign. And then the inevitable backlash involved anti-trans activists saying that Dupree's identity is a mental disorder, while some accused a lingerie company of hurting women. So it's, it's exactly the same reaction. Yeah, we've seen against uh, Dylan Mulvaney with the Bud Light thing and with the um, Nike um, leggings. Same reaction, different person, different brand. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure when advertisers do this now, they're fully aware of the kind of world that they're putting this out into. Like I said they, before, they've got year. to be. Yeah, they've got to they, be. They, when you live in a when you live in a visual culture of marketing and and, and advertising, this is exactly what they want. But I worry about the people that are involved in these. I mean, Dylan Mulvaney is his own kind of, her own, sorry, um, you know, whole world. But for somebody that's not quite so well known and they get thrust into a marketing campaign, I mean, obviously they know full well what they're getting into. But what worries me is the backlash might be more than they're expecting or it might be more intense of an experience. Well, yeah, I, wonder, than- I wonder how the brand kind of looks after the person once it's all gone bad like this. What, mm. Does that brand kind of keep in touch with that person and make sure they're okay and not being, you know, attacked too much? I mean, I don't know how that works. I mean, maybe the yeah. the brand just kind of uses this person and then it's done and they walk away. I don't know. Yeah. I or is, it, is it a long-term relationship where they support them? I hope it is. But you mean, in 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 a sense, like, if you you could do something like this and – I mean, if I, if somebody, I'm not saying anybody's going to approach me and ask me a, a, a model lingerie, but we I've never been... know. <laughs> Victoria's Secret might give you a call and say, you know, we've heard about something you've been up to, Frida, and we're wondering if you'd like to have a thirty thousand pound contract with us to advertise these. Well, the, you know, the money's always nice, but I was thinking, I, I wouldn't. I, the, the, I'm, I, I get backlash just for being on talk TV for three minutes. So, you know, imagine that times 100. It doesn't really become worse, does it? It just becomes more noise. So if you can filter out 100 comments, you can filter out 1,000. Yeah. I just think you've got to think about it. And you can't you can't not do something just because idiots like Kid Rock or whoever are going to be against it. Because, I mean, if, if there's a conversation to be had, I'm, I, I think that's a good thing. Like if they, if they, Because sometimes an advertising campaign, People moan all the time about advertising and how vacuous it is, but it's actually some advertising campaigns have, have, have sparked some really interesting conversations. About I mean, so, you know, somebody who's as famous as Dylan Mulvaney is, I mean, they're going to have a team of people around them, aren't they? It's not like they're on their own. Exactly. Uh, um, I mean, I, I obviously I, I'm not a celebrity, so it, the only reason they would use, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I would not... I wouldn't say no. You know, I'll have a lifetime supply. No, but there are there are UK trans people who would probably be approached. Yeah. 
you know, I can think of a few that are kind of at that level where they might get approached by brands. But if, but you see, for me, if I would like to get approached by, I don't know, uh, Black and Decker, <laughs> trans woman with a drill. Who makes That's the custard it. tarts? Is that Mr. Kipling? I have no idea. <laughs> well, maybe they, maybe they could sponsor us. You know, I don't want to lean into like sexual stereotypes. You know what I mean? I just custard tarts are not sexual. Because if you, it's like the trans. Okay, the trans. That's why I like the Dylan Mulvaney story because it's beer, and that because that becomes a conversation then about identity and what product means and thing. But but if you're just going to advertise, advertise knickers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that says about anything. Well, I, I think get, I, I think you would get to choose your brand. I mean, I, I get know. my farm with market. You know what I mean. You could choose your brand. I'm sure you could choose your brand. You know, if you're a brand ambassador, you must get the opportunity to choose the brands that you work with. Yeah, but I, I, I you're not really an influencer, though, are you? You're not really an Instagram influencer. No, I mean, I'd like to be. Well, you better get working then, because it's not working so far. I'm an intellectual, Victoria. I'm not. Uh... Okay, you're an intellectual influencer <laughs> because you go on Twitter. Okay, yeah. I'm a that. great. I'm a great thinker. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no anyway, yeah. Uh, well, so, so, I mean, yeah. I think it's a good thing. I think it's great to see trans, non-binary people yes. in the media and and, and being because of what representation we with brands. Yeah. Representation, a good diversity, and inclusion, yes. and what it shows time and time again is there's no, the public don't dislike trans people or non-binary people. They don't. No, when Joe Lysa advertises something, is there a big hoo-ha? No. So why is it when a trans person does it? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Black people get a life. Well, I, I mean, would you buy a certain product because somebody you liked was advertising it? I don't particularly like Bud Light. I've never, never have done. I would probably never buy no, Bud I mean, Light. No, what I'm saying is like, say if you was a, if somebody you you liked the fact that somebody like this was promoting a product, would it make you buy that product? Because I, it would make me buy it. Because it depends on the products. It might it I might like... mean I buy product A instead of product B in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, but do you know the Her Hershey bar thing with the um, I forgot her name now, but she was only in the clip for about two seconds. But I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to buy Hershey because I want to promote that idea. You know, it's a, it's a yeah. Cool I mean, I'd probably buy a Hershey that week, but I, I probably wouldn't be buying it for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think their sales probably quadrupled in the they UK. Probably, they probably peaked and then they just came back down to what they were before. Yeah, but if it, if it's a brand that I like and I see someone promoting it who's trans or non-binary, well, yeah, it's going to make me <laughs> it'll draw well, me know. closer to that brand, of course. Well, the good the thing but is, I like that, the brand anyway. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, but brands know now, and it's. A, I think it's brilliant that if uh, there probably there are probably people working in marketing departments now going right. Let's get a trans person in it, and then and they'll have a meeting and go right. What what what's the angle? And you know what these I can I know what these kind of meetings are like, and and uh, and I can just imagine them like saying this is a really good idea, and it's like, but but is it is it a long term plan? Because what you do the marketing campaign, yeah, there's a little. Spiking no, it's not. It's normally pinkwashing around Pride Day, Pride Days, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so so it's like what happened with the Hershey's thing. It's like is somebody in in the Hershey's factory going stir the fondant faster? There's a trans person advertising, <laughs> like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Maybe good idea. <laughs> well, you remember you remember when Starbucks did that did that thing with the cookies? Remember that one? 
No, what was that? It came out with a, I can't remember what it was now, was it? Rainbow cookie. Yeah, I think it was a rainbow cookie. And there was a big hoo-ha about that. And, you know, sales, the sales of cookies <laughs> went through the roof. Um, Starbucks were coming out with some really inclusive statements. And it, it was it was good, but, you know, there was the typical backlash against it, as there always is. Mm, yeah. But it, I I mean, mean, in terms of do, do I have more respect for that brand now? Yeah, I do, because they did that, you know. Yeah, exactly. But there, you're always going to be people. There's always going to be people that are like, when, they, when it comes up to summer, and, you know, there's so many prides now, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. So Pride Month kind of goes from, like, May all the way into September now, doesn't it? Because there's a Pride... Well, it should be January to December, shouldn't it? Really? Of course, it should. But what? But but for all, for those people that are always moaning about oh rainbows everywhere, you know, having panic attacks over rainbow flags and and moaning because horses are being frightened by crossings that have been painted rainbows that never happens anyway. Um, it just becomes this kind of whinge fest. So, um. You know, on one hand, yeah, brilliant. You know, everybody's having a good time, which is but that the thing is, pride culture comes out of carnival culture, right? You know, the idea of you know, bright the colored costumes, and it goes like that the Nottingale Festival and things like that. And there was one similar in Manchester, Mardi Gras, and they get co opted into a wider culture. And, and pride has took its, I think, pride celebrations have took the their idea from that so it's not about being gay or being trans it's about a family inclusive party and look anybody's invited because we you know like they don't check who's gay or or trans when you go to a pride celebration it's just about the idea of celebrating light and color and yeah. music and, and 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 just you know well, we, not, I mean, not being a cunt <laughs> well we have seen we have seen some some brands doing some really kind of inclusive things like look, look, look what Wix did they were very inclusive weren't they they put out some really good yeah. statements Wix the, the hardware company yeah <laughs> you remember that one yeah I'm just trying to think what they would have can I have a can I have a packet you know, of... they, they put out adverts on TV which feature a trans person or some statements yeah. or images on social media and you know it's all very inclusive we've seen a lot of companies do TV adverts you know around inclusion and they, they get slated for it most of the time but it the messages they put out are really good so yeah i'm all for brands doing this but i'm very wary of how it's sometimes seen as pink washing or the kind of it's done half-heartedly or it's done yeah. for kind of the wrong reasons but well yeah. i remember but it's uh, still good overall. was it Ma- it was martin daubney uh, martin daubney is uh one of the people on gb news and he's part of the break. He was part of the Brexit party, and they did this thing called straight pride. And the idea was, oh, straight people are not represented. <laughs> and you know, I can. But I, I suppose if you think about it, yeah, okay. So if you were going to have a straight pride, what is what would that look like? And it It'd basically be really looks, boring. No, but it, it looks like it looks like an EDL rally. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Is it St George's Day today or something? I think that? it was this weekend. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. Tomorrow, exactly. I think. Yeah. So, so, so you know when um, when it's St George's Day, and you get all these people come because that is the straight pride. Because what they're trying to reclaim is astronormativity, being straight, whatever, and and being nationalistic and and supporting, you know, traditionalist 
trad, you know, trad wife stuff and all that. And I think that could become a thing. It could really become a because if you if that's what you like, then why not? You know, because because there is there is a little bit of a movement of that already. Because if you look at things like, do you know, they have these. The problem with it is though is that the majority is not dis discriminated against anyway, is it? So they don't really need to do it. No, but they think they're a silent minority. They, that's how they feel. So I was trying to think. You know, these uh, like what do they call them? Like agricultural fairs and things like that, where the people display steam engines and it's all about wearing RAF uniform and and they have yeah, yeah. I think that is a straight pride because a lot of those people people might be gay that go there but the thing they're celebrating is the idea of something. Do you know what I mean? The idea of tradition, the idea of nationality or what a British identity or, or maybe a more of an English identity. Because that is how Glastonbury Festival started. The person that started Glastonbury Festival the original Glastonbury Festival, this this is going back before the 60s, was one of those kind of pastoral kind of somebody that believed in the English countryside as the the root of spirituality. And I think there's, a, there's an element of that in British culture. And that is something that racists exploit. And you see it a lot. You do actually see that because they'll say, you know, they'll show like images of, you know, traditional wives and regressive ideas of family units, you know, because because they don't like the idea of, you know, anybody could be anything more than a nuclear family. And obviously there's homophobia involved in that. But you, you see it on TikTok now. I've actually noticed on TikTok these traditionalist and uh, nationalistic kind of narratives, but repackaged digitally as a kind of lifestyle option and that's interesting and that's an interesting thing to keep your eye on because there are people out there um especially in the uh, more extreme end of the conservative party that do promote those things now i don't think there's any problem with why to be traditional if that but the problem is when you when you when you lean into that you also lean into nationalism you lean into that's the rhythm. problem yeah yeah if it was so, traditionalism, so, that it was inclusive. Yeah, so I've got no problem. So, like, there's a guy down the road from where I live, and he puts out a St. George's flag. Does he wear a barber jacket? I don't know anything about him other than he puts a St. George's flag outside his house. Now, I know what that means. I know, because there's quite a, a big ethnic minority area. Yeah, he's being slightly racist. Yeah, but he's he's making a political statement about his little bit of farmer. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what he's doing. Now, is he a racist? Now, I suspect he might be. You would I think so. Somebody doing but that I, is but, but I can't. But I can't make that claim. And he has every right to fly that Yeah, flag. I mean, he has the right to do that. Yeah. But I would, but you see, the I extension, would be suspicious. I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but the extension of this argument is that people will say, oh, you're not allowed to fly a St. George's flag anymore. Well, you never, nobody ever did anyway. It's only recently, it's only in recent memory that people have started doing that. It's not a tradition that goes back yeah, to... Yeah, I would, I would have to examine the reasons behind why he's doing that. Yeah, and I would like to ask him, I'd say, I would love, in a sort of journalistic capacity, just to Get say... him on the pod. Because it's interesting to talk to people like that. And it's not because I... Uh, it, it, I mean, we can't assume... Now imagine, imagine if 
Imagine well, if I knocked on that door expecting Tommy Robbins to out to answer, and it was a trans woman, <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, and you know what? I just like Saint George's Day. I just like, I just like my flag. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I've got a I've got a black husband. <laughs> now that is highly unlikely, but it's a possibility. Well, <laughs> go and knock on the door and let me know what what happens. I probably just get punched in the face. <laughs> And they'll say, in God fully English. Right. Next, story. <laughs> Next story. Next story. We've killed that one. Next story. Okay, this is, is again on the non-binary theme slightly. So this is um this is a case of a, a non-binary American living in the UK launches bid to have gender recognized. Non-binary. The question is American. that they're asking is what is my gender here? So this, so I mean, this kind of repeats what we were just talking about. A non-binary American has brought legal action against the UK government after their gender identity was recorded as not specified, leaving them in legal limbo. So this is this is someone who moved to the UK and applied for a gender recognition certificate and were told such that they, they a, couldn't such a have... Weird it's such a weird collection of words. It's like, sorry to stop your mid-flow, but it's like, oh, that, it's like... I, I was thinking non-binary American in a non. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking of that Sting song. Uh, I'm a non-binary so, American. Yeah. Year. Anyway, right. they, they applied. They applied for a gender recognition certificate, and were hoping to be, you know, to get for the for that to say non-binary. But the the panel kind of refused that, and I think they ended up after a lot of back and forth. You know, after months, I'll just read it out. After months of back and forth with the gender recognition panel, Castellucci, that was the name, um, was told the UK is a binary system and the computer program only recognises male, <laughs> female, and not specified. So computer said no. Um, yeah. They inquired if the third option would mean a gender that is neither male nor female. The president of the GRP, Judge Paula Gray, subsequently approved their application on the basis that they have been legally recognised as non-binary in California, despite non-binary not being recognised by the UK. So, I, I mean, um, I was they've, got, say, they've I... got something on the recognition certificate that says not non-specified. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. But it just goes to show, isn't it? You know, why doesn't the UK government just recognise non-binary yeah. people? It would be so easy well, well, just do it. I mean, there's, no, there's no, There's no issue. I mean, gender non-binary is something that, like, like I, 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 the way people talk about this is like when people say I'm changing my identity to female and or changing my identity to male or changing it to non-binary, they think there's something changing in the space-time continuum. All it is is legal definitions. It doesn't harm anybody uh, in certain situations, you know, legal situations. It kind of matters that that you are who you are on a piece of paper. Now the the, the problems that I think the, prob- I the think problem the, is the legal side of it. Yeah, it? because you know they're trying to push this biological sex thing, aren't they? Mm. So how would that work with non-binary? If they were to include non-binary people in the in the definitions, how are they going to how are they going to square that with well, you know, it's only biological sex. Well, they they have to re- this thing that they, you say they're pushing for, which like Maya Forster and Helen Joyce have fronted online, is impossible. It's not doable because you know your 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 expressed gender is a social thing. It's like how you interact with the world. 
and legal definitions are not that. So, so like it's like saying you become they think you become a different kind of person or a different legal being when you change that. So, like say if I got married, I I'd still be the same person, but legally I'm a different thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know this 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 thing with um, the UK not recognizing non-binary as a yeah, yeah. as a legal definition mm. you know, in the in the case where they're trying to bring in this l- biological sex thing to determine who uses mm. toilet. Okay, in that situation, had they you know recognized mm. non-binary, which toilet would a non-binary person use? Because they'll be, they'll be told, oh, you can't use a female. Yeah, you it's, use it's, a male because you're non-binary. Yeah. But nobody's going to police. Nobody's going to be able to police that anyway. It's just so ridiculous. Um, but um, another thing about it is that I see. I I have the. It sounds really radical, but I don't think there should be any gender on a passport or a driving license or any kind of because it's not relevant. It's I agree. Really, I agree. It's not really relevant at all. As long as it can identify you as a citizen of that country. Yeah, you, you, or you've gen- passed the driving test because, and it, because, as long as yeah, you can because, identify it doesn't matter what your gender or sex the is. only time it really matters is in a medical setting yeah because like say if i i, I say i get a, a smear test letter I, I need to tell them actually no it says female but i don't have um a uterus <laughs> it's as simple as that because, but because we live in this world where as soon as you're born, you get a stamp on your birth certificate. Says, no, that's why that mistake is happening. It's not happening because I've caused some kind of problem for bureaucracy. It's happened because it doesn't make actual sense to define people as male or female on a legal document uh, when you're born. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it, I don't think anybody needs to know. Uh, like say, say in terms of identity, like say you go through passport control, people will look you up and down and go, yeah, that's you. But it's all biometrics now, isn't it? So I mean, they can identify you from your eye, from your iris, from your fingerprint. Yeah, like you know, why time, do you need to know what someone's sex or gender is? Last time I went to an airport, I stood in front of a camera, and it looked at me, and it, <laughs> I was there, you know. Yeah, it I did, mean, it, it takes it measurements off your face. Actually, that's a bit of a lie because I did go through a full body scanner. Because I've got a piercing, and it, it, it uh, I, I went through the the little scanner first, and it beat. So I had, because I've got a piercing through my penis, I had to go <laughs> just to prove I didn't have a gun. <laughs> but that anyway, that's a side issue. <laughs> what I was saying was, I don't think. But you, you know, when you fill forms in, like a, uh, I'm trying to think, like the last thing I applied, right. The last time I filled a form in was when I was applying for a, a, a new form contract. Now, why do they need to know if I'm male or female? They don't. It's, they it, don't. No, 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 it's marketing. It's for marketing reasons. Maybe marketing may have a reason to know what sex gender you are because it helps with selling phones. I don't know. But, yeah, there's no real reason to know in that situation. But as long as they tell you a phone, that's all they should be worried about. But what products... Would I be advertised to? Uh, would be advertised to me if I said I was male? And what products would be advertised to me if I said I was female? Now I know I know that's a bit of a side issue, but but this comes down to this goes back to this whole idea of you know Dylan Mulvaney and his beer, you know, because 
th that's all going it's all going nebulous anyway about what products mean traditionally male or what products mean traditionally female and i'll tell you what is a product that is traditionally female sanitary products now Dylan mulvaney didn't he do didn't she do something with that i don't know no, I I don't know about that. I feel like that was a deliberate provocation in my mind. That's why I didn't like Dylan Mulvaney at first. But I mean, if they if they want to advertise sanitary products, I mean, they can do. I mean, there's nothing to stop somebody advertising. Yeah, no, there's nothing sanitary to products stop even if they don't actually use them um, themselves. Exactly, that's true. But I think that was that felt like a deliberate provocation to me. Anyway, that's a side thing, but. but you know, that's just something I wanted to do because I just wanted to talk about why. No, but, you know, people do buy sanitary products to keep in their house in case, you know, guests come around. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, of There are, there are mean, reasons to buy them. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I mean. Or I, if, you buy, if, you, if you buy them because you run a business or something that needs them, you know. Of course, yeah, but I think that thing about what is a, I was trying to think of what, I, I was trying to think of reasons some companies or some entities would want to know if you're male or female. And that was the only thing I could think of. Mm. Because in terms of gov the government are not selling you anything, well, they shouldn't be. The government are not profiling you based on... Yeah, but I mean, if, if we all chose X as the gender marker on our passports, mm. I mean, that would kind of get rid of the whole problem, wouldn't it? Right, everybody's an X. You don't yeah, need to it, know you, any you, more yeah. than that. I'm waiting for this, because this will come up, right, as a, a news story if it's not already... Well, the, you can all you can already trans, do this. You see, here's, here's the problem I have, yeah. Because I'm half Canadian, on my Canadian passport I can have X, on my UK one I can't. So I, can, I can, be. be I can be two things at the same time. That, well, you should exploit that. I might and make a make a thing because that's a protest you could do, and because I can imagine a news story or like GB News or Talk TV, where they say, "Excuse me." beer just went down funny and um, they could say oh trans trans rights activists uh making us change our passports <laughs> or if i said uh you know maybe don't put male or female on a passport and then people would say oh they're taking away our identities you know it's ridiculous well i mean they could give you instead of giving you like a a gender marker they could give you a, a unique identity number couldn't they i mean your passport already has a unique identity number mm. on it. yeah because so well, why well, not just give somebody a unique number that they use throughout their life for everything they need it doesn't mm. need to be gendered as long as they know who you are i think in certain situations demographics are important like because i was i got the i mean there are yeah i would agree there are I, I, some circumstances where you do need to know yeah yeah so, so mainly like, to do with medical I, stuff or no 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 i got a lot or to I do with a, like inclusion I got my voting card this week, yeah. and it says, you know, it doesn't say female on it, but I know that I'm down as female on that. So, so in certain uh, in certain situations, I think it's important to look at female representation, and like, because it's not it's not as simple. Well, yeah, as I mean, considering women didn't have the vote, yeah, I mean, it's that's... not as simple as saying women are half the population and men are the no. other are the other half of the population. It's a, it's a case of what what services are being provided by yeah. local local. I mean, it's, it can be important for things like are you providing enough services in certain areas for certain things? Yes, agreed. You do need to know. But that's not going what to be... the numbers are. But that, but you don't need to derive that from someone's 
gender marker on a passport, do you? It can well, be done behind the scenes with the data yeah. that they have. I am I am having these arguments with myself actually because I am thinking of campaigning <laughs> of this idea of not having gender. When you're born, you don't have a gender, right? You don't have that on you. Yeah, as, as long as you can still determine, you know, how yeah. much medical service in a certain area you need to provide based on gender or sex. I mean, that's because, that's because, okay. You can still do that. Because in some ways, this is a full circle of what sex matters talk about, because they say like, oh, your sex matters. Well, yes, it, yeah, no, your sex matters when you're born, because when you're born, you might need, you know, that is what that's the thing that is, it's your sex that is defined, right? But the gender, M or F, on the birth certificate is fucking irrelevant. It's irrelevant. And that's what I, there's two things I'd love to campaign on is that. No, but you see, a, if you go into a medical situation, they're going to give you the medical care that you need based on uh, yeah, what you've yeah. got, right? What you need. It's on a needs yeah. basis. I've got to start that again, right? So so when you go when you're born and the doctors all, all it is, it's a case of a doctor looking at your body and going, Oh, that's a male. Right. That you don't need to have that. What you need to do is say, yeah, sex is uh, biological. So that's made, we, we, we delineate based on that. So it could just say penis or vagina. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the words are, but as long as that's recorded. So I would want to campaign to have that as a, as a law, as, as a standard. And then when you get to a certain age, say 15, 60, whatever it is, maybe younger, because people are more... Children are much more intelligent and advanced now than when I was 16. So they can make that choice, what they want. And that's your legal, that becomes your legal identity then. Also, this follows into terms of like marriage and other things, because that, that makes that easier for people that probably weren't sure about what gender they identify as to get eventually. So... And another thing I want to do is I want divorce to be easier to get. I want divorce to be this is a side issue. Who are you divorcing? I know I just want I just want people to have that freedom. I want them to be able to go to a post office or online. Well, they have actually changed the rules recently around divorce. You don't have to have a reason now. No, but this should just be it should just be just a case of ringing somebody up or filling a form in on a government website. Yeah, it should be easy. And I mean the, the complications it, come when it's like division yeah. of money. But, yeah, but, but if you want to get married, you have to go through a two-year process. You have to go and see a psychiatrist, and then they decide if you if you no, are you sure you want to get married because yeah. it's not a good idea. And then if you do after that two-year process, then a, a psychiatrist a, mar a marriage confirmation uh, clinic. Yeah, and then a psychiatrist will say yes, uh, they want to get married. <laughs> Gosh, that was a <laughs> that was a, that was a big rabbit hole we went down there, wasn't it? I extracted a lot of nonsense out of that story. <laughs> All right, next one. Next one. Schools to be forced to out trans and non-binary children to parents under dangerous new Tory guidance. Oh, Jesus. So again, we're on the non-binary issue. Also, See, the this feeds into what I was just saying, really, doesn't it? Because yeah, you know, if if you don't have a gendered I mean, children express gender at a very early age. We you know whatever, that social thing of wanting to, you know, the way that you have your needs net, met and the things that are affirmed about you or denied for you. Children pick up on that very quickly. And I 
thing if a child this story is it it it, it reminds me you know you know back in the time when teachers weren't allowed to teach about gay yeah section 28 section 28 you're going to get back to a stage where you, it's similar to that where because there's nothing there's nothing stopping a child you can never stop a child saying to a teacher i don't feel like i'm a boy or i don't feel like i'm a girl or i don't feel like i'm either but what do you do with that information if you're a if you're a responsible adult you don't say shut up you're being absolutely ridiculous and i'm going to tell your dad do you you yeah. certainly don't. And if you did do that, you shouldn't be in the teaching profession. You, you mean I'm, I'm sure in a lot of cases, if a child, you know, is showing signs of being trans or non-binary at a very early age, the parents mm. would would know. I'm sure in a lot of cases, the parents are already aware. Mm. But in those, in those, you know, and supportive. But you know, there are cases where a, a kid is going to hide it because of fear of what's going to happen to them at home. You know, yeah. dad's going to beat them up or something. So they might go to school and tell a trusted teacher, you know, what's going on. And then that's if that it. teacher or the school then has to inform the parents based on this new new guidance, I mean, what's going to happen to that kid when they go home and, and dad mm-hmm. finds out, you know? So do, do you know what it's a dangerous situation in the home without doing proper mm-hmm. you know, checks just, to make sure that that's not the case. I just want to talk about something that's it's not directly related to this story, but while we've been doing the podcast, I've received messages from people. I know we don't get a, a massive amount of viewers, but I've and, and when I've been on telly and I've done stuff with Talk TV, I've had messages from people. And I had a message from somebody that told me they had a trans child. And they said that, you know, what I said kind of helped the way they think about it. And, and I'm I'm not particularly prophetic or have anything deep to say, but the fact that I was talking about it inspired that message. And I said, "Oh, you know, how do you?" And, and it was like this like, conversation about how do you know if a child is trans? I said, "Nobody knows that. All with that child knows that, and all you've got to do is listen. Don't ever think that you can't find help because there's help out there. But it's like the the question is not what can I do about my trans child it's just what can what can the child do because I, I i never give out advice i never say to somebody i might signpost them to something and say this is an organization that might be able to help you this is a phone number of somebody but i'm never going to give anybody advice all i'll say to that is if you can't listen to the child if you can't listen to what they're saying and you think your opinion overrides that then that might be a problem later down the line because we know statistically that LGBTQ people run away from home more than any other demographic. So if you don't listen, somebody else will. And the person they go to might not be the best person for them. And that's how that in, in a way, that's how abuses happen. Because if you're not listened to at home, if you're not kind of given affirmation, you'll try and find it somewhere else. And the person that is might approach a child or might influence your child might not be the best person but children will always find a way to express themselves whether you agree with it or not so so that's why i just wanted to mention that and yeah and if they can't find someone safe to talk to they're gonna they're gonna not say anything and just yeah. kind of deny it themselves and internalize it 
Yeah, and another. Oh, and thing, then they probably come out twenty years later when they when the they're thing, adults. The, the, the reason you're seeing more and more increasingly children talking about trans issues and gender is because they talk to each other on the internet. A lot of kids have got phones. And I know a lot of conservatives can say, oh, that's, you see, it's TikTok influencing them and making them, turning them trans. No, they already decided that was what they wanted to look for. And they found something, that, but they, they're not stupid. Do you know what I mean? They, they curate their own experience now. So if, you, if you're if you a responsible parent, I'm not a parent, so I can't really speak to that. But I think if, if a responsible parent, I'd like to think, would actually... Say, well, what are you looking at on your phone? Can I see it? And if there's, and if, and I think if you have a good relationship, the, the child will yeah, say, I yeah. Think, well, I think a, a responsible, caring parent is going to know anyway. Yeah, because I've got, I mean, my niece, I mean, my, and my nephew, I, I sometimes look at the things they're looking at on Instagram and TikTok, and I'm a bit, oh my God, <laughs> you shouldn't really be looking at that. But it's because, like, we live in a sort of over, Everything is really fast now, right? You know, they, they look at something for two seconds and they're on to the next thing. It's like a sort of, you know, you know the the one-armed bandit machine with the, with the wheels spinning round. Well, you know, this guidance, when it comes out, I can imagine it's going to be a train wreck. It's going to be something that's, you know, basically denying the existence of trans youth. Yeah. Well, that's um, preventing, preventing it in any way they can. But... But you can't. It's, like, it's like we're following what's going with the states with this, this kind of thing. This is oh, yeah. happening in the states, and it's now well, you've got starting the... to happen here with this kind of nonsense. You there know, new a... guidance from the UK's Conservative government will see teachers forced, forced to out trans or non-binary and non-gender conforming people, yeah. their parents, and ban trans children from using changing rooms and shower facilities that align with their gender identity. So it's basically it's a total denial of trans existence in, you know, in the school setting. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, and I saw this. not going to lead to any There was life. a story, actually, that I forgot about. And then in Florida this week, or was it last week? They've actually. Mm, our friend Rhonda. The, the people that organise Pride there don't want to do it because they, because of the drag. Well, they're worried ban. about the backlash from the far right, aren't they? Well, there's been a drag ban yeah, in public. So, how can you do a Pride event if you're going to start control? Because what is drag? <laughs> you know, it's like the, well, it's the uh, it's the Republicans and Ronda DeSantis, Sanchez, isn't it? Yeah, Ronda Sanchez. Well, sod him, sod him. Yeah, they, you know what? These people are insane, and they they, they we we he's destroying Florida's um, you know, tourism industry at the moment by with all this. Mm-hmm. Who who in their right mind, who knows anything about LGBT people, is going to go to Florida after this? It's like you'd avoid that place like the plague. Well, I see in, in one sense, I would say every LGBT person, every drag queen in America should go to Florida. Just fill Florida full of full of drag queens. They can't they can't move them all. They can outnumber them. They can't move them all. So that's what I suggest. If you're a drag queen, if anybody's listening in Florida, any drag queens, get organized and then get all your friends from all over the you know, we're all networked. Like get a, get a massive uh, float and just drive it right through Ronda Sanchez's house. <laughs> you heard it here first. Hmm. On that note. <laughs> <laughs>
So, on that note, we shall move on to the next story, <laughs> which now I don't really know much about this one. I know you've kind of been looking into this, but this is the one. Kathleen Stock. Kathleen Stock, Channel 4 sparks backlash over Gender Wars documentary with anti-trans Kathleen Stock. No way this can be good. No. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, if you look at what Channel 4 did with their previous trans yeah. documentary back in, I think it was 2018. Yeah, they've not was, really touched it since. Then. It was a disaster, you know. Well, um, that, that I watched, how is this going to be any better with Kathleen Stock on it? I don't when, know. When was it, the Gender Quake thing? Gender Quake, uh, I think it was, yeah, Channel 4's announcement of Gender Wars follows its controversial debate on gender in 2018 which was heavily criticized after trans panelists were heckled throughout by the audience Mm -hmm. the channel's gender quake the debate as part of gender quake a series of programs exploring the changes in how gender is seen in modern society features republican caitlin jenner trans activist monroe birdoff as well as author jermaine greer and journalist um sarah ditton so, yeah, I mean, following the debate, um, Munro Birdoff spoke out about the heckling she experienced mm-hmm. during the show, some of which was not audible to the audience at home. I mean, I watched it. It was it was a it was a it was a train wreck. It really was. Yeah, I was just actually Googling it now. I watched it, but the only bit I could find of it was where they put the, gen- uh, you know, the trans and non-binary people in a house together. Like I mean, it thing. sounds like they're trying to reproduce mm. what they did then. No, now no, they're invited along uh, yeah. Kathleen Stock to do it. I mean, it's just like, what, what on earth? Why would you do? Why would you do that, Channel Four? Well, I, I think it's interesting. Like one thing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge it just yet. But um, Channel Four have a long history, you know, of being LGBTQI positive. They've made groundbreaking programs, some of the best ever programs I've ever seen that include trans or gay, non-binary, anything like that have come out of Channel 4, I've got to say. Like Russell T. Davis, I think most of his stuff has been funded by Channel 4. And we know the BBC is just a waste of time now for anything like that. So Channel 4, I'm still fully on board with. I would say I do support what they do, but... um, I mean, this I've really enjoyed the Joe Lysett thing that's been on recently. A couple of mistakes they've made, though. I won't go into it. I just mentioned the name Jonathan Ross. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's on the whole, on the whole, Channel 4. So I think I'm hoping that this is... Because you can't really have the debate and you can't have this debate and ignore the fact that people like Kathleen Stark and Helen Joyce and Mayor Forster so all the way up the food chain to J.K. Rowling have had this, have kind of dominated this debate in the on the right. So I think to ignore that would be weird, right? So you, so I don't think there's a problem with having Kathleen Stark on it because what she'll do is she'll she'll lay out the same arguments she always does in her book. It's basically eight chapters, and in each of those chapters, she lays out. Uh, well, she manufactures an argument where trans people are a problem to society, basically. And in all of these examples, there has to be an element of fear, there has to be an element of threat, and there has to be an element of alienation, and none of these arguments work. Now, they might work in certain situations, like in a prison situation, because you could say, oh, a man going in a women's prison, yeah, okay, 
that's one of their arguments and they can talk about sports we can have those debates but those debates exist in isolation outside of the bigger gender question and the bigger gender debate because Kathleen Stock can't speak to that because she's an exclusionist and she's a Puritan and she's what I mean, I just don't think there's anything of value in in that the pursuit of that, because because a lot of the turfs they start they 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 quote Margaret Atwood a lot, and they call women that support us handmaidens. Well, actually, no, it's the other way around, because yeah. they they totally misunderstand Atwood. What Atwood is, is she creates a world in which because because Atwood basically predicted where we're at now in terms of Roe versus Wade being repealed and she predicted that and she also talked about authoritarianism and she talked about that and and, and Kathleen Stark and all those people are authoritarian there's no other way of looking at it and, and if you go down the food chain to Callie J. Keene where actual Nazis are goose stepping around you and you have to sort of either ignore that or pretend it's got nothing to do with you, then that's that's the side they're on. Yeah. So, yeah, Kathleen, have your say. But, have you know, just, just looking at the way it's described, you know, they're saying like the Ch Channel 4 claims a documentary will have unique access to stock, who has previously spoken with and written articles for Unheard, The Times, the BBC, The Guardian, Sky, The Telegraph, Daily Mail, Holyrood magazine. The show's description goes on to state that Stock was hounded out of her university job What's over a view on gender identification and how campaigns from a you know and now just, campaigns from a critical gender critical viewpoint. So it it feels and sounds very much like a another one of these rehab rehab things similar to that podcast about J.K. Rowling and the uh, the witch trials of J.K. Rowling. It sounds like another another. I kind am of a rehab bit... thing like that, where they're trying to rehabilitate J.K. Rowling. This sounds like he's trying to rehabilitate um, Kathleen no, Scott. I, I don't think so. I think what they're trying to do is put, they're trying to do a bit of a BBC, aren't they? Where you have balance. But... Well, if you, well, yeah, but but, not, I mean, I can think of, I can think of better people than Kathleen Scott to come on and have, have this discussion with, you know, no, if you want to do a proper job. No, but I'm actually looking forward to taking this and making because I, I i do you think it's going to be one-sided i would prefer to be in that room and have that debate with Catherine kathleen stuff yeah I, I mean I that's can't. fine but i think she's going to be very one-sided it sounds no, like but I, I can't do that so, up to be a kathleen yeah. stock rehab show no I, I i said a minute ago that you know channel four traditionally are really good but just recently uh when was it now i'm just looking now um they they made a film about, you know, the protests. Uh, it was against Drag Queen Story Hour. And they showed what was going on there. But they interviewed people kind of uncritically. And it was a bit of a change. I noticed a bit of a change there for Channel 4. And um, they've had a bit of back, like, deserved backlash for that. And I think that's unusual for Channel 4. It made me worry a little bit. Because that's the first time I've ever seen that gender debate or anything to do with LGBTQ criticized. So I'm, I'll, I'll actually show you 
that clip because it's a, it's on the channel for news Twitter now. If you look, if you scroll down enough, and if you perhaps if you just search for Drag Queen Story Hour on the Channel Four News page, you'll find it. But just have a look at that because the person that the interview is called Kim Isherwood, and she is, um, you know, she's she's well known of being anti-trans basically. And I don't, we don't know if the interviewer knew that, but it doesn't take a lot of research. No, but, you know, why would you? Why would you centre? This around a known transphobe. That's that's my point. I don't think they're centering it around her. I think they've included one because because you've got you've got to think about these meetings that they have because there's loads of trans people, loads of trans non-binary people that might want to be part of this. Well, we'll see what when it comes out. But I'm, but I'm, I'm not I'm, hopeful. I'm worried that they didn't tell the people. Because, like, if somebody approached me and said, oh, we're doing a documentary. Yeah, they might just do an interview and not tell you what it's going to be useful. So I'm, I'd end up in a film with Kathleen Stone without the without any recourse. And without the only time I'd want to be in a film with Kathleen Stark is if I'm facing Kathleen Stark and I can have the debate with her. Yeah, now, that's not no, like to happen. So what I'm going to do is look at this programme and I'm going to break it down like I do normally on my blog. I'm not sure I'm when it's coming out, but... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound great. Yeah, well, that's, we'll what what that's what I do with my little video clips that I do. I, I, obviously, I can't interview these people. So what I'll do is I'll take what they've said to the person that interviewed them and then put what the, the, put what the questions should have, should have been. Because nine times out of ten, these people are interviewed by people that already support them. So what will matter in this... The producer thing, is Brooke Lapping. I don't know you know anything about Brooke well, Lapping. Well, I'll be in touch with that I person. Look. I will be in touch with that person. And But what I was going to say is what matters is who is interviewing because it's okay. Like I'm, I'm, Everybody can have a, a, the opinion they want to have, but if it's uncritically platformed, I think that's a, that's the problem. Like I, I, you need somebody there that has read her I mean, book. You can't, you can't put up a photo of Kathleen Stott and then in the same sentence, you know, say let's find some common ground. <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't match, does it? Obviously, Patrick Strudwick is right there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, but but obviously, I'm not. I'm not saying that we should be giving them leniency. I'm just saying if you are going to interview somebody like that, you have to. It, it, the interview has to be conducted. Well, we'll see when it comes out. But in a, in, in an hopeful in, in a critical way, in a, in, a, in an analytical way, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll be a good interview. No. I think what they'll do is cut quite a lot, and because because. Because a lot of these programs now are very snappy, aren't they? You know, like fast cuts and you know, interspersed with music and random videos of people skateboarding. Mm. That's probably what it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, on a more positive note, our next story is about the Women's Institute and how they're proud to accept trans members. As there's a bigoted petition going around calling for a ban of trans people from the Women's Institute. So the Women's Institute has said it's proud to accept transgender members after a petition was circulated demanding the organisation place a monitorium on trans women joining. The the Women's Institute, which has officially admitted trans women since 2015, has been asked to hold a vote on trans women inclusion in a petition by a group called Women's Institute Declaration. 
The Women's mm. Institute was formed in 1915 as UK's largest voluntary women's group with more than 180,000 members. Now, a friend of mine, Petra Wenham, mm. she was the trans lady who was on the cover of the Women's Institute um, magazine a few months ago. So, I mean, I've interviewed Petra on the Transclusive podcast where we talk about, you know, everything to do with what she was doing with the Women's Institute and stuff. And, you know, it's all been really, really positive. They are truly inclusive. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Which is, which is a good thing. I mean, they've gone, they've gone out of their way to be inclusive. I think this is one of the organisations that uh, prominent terse would want to infiltrate because it's, it's you know, there's yeah. something a bit... There's something a bit traditionalist about it. Actually, I don't know where you got it. Most of the members are quite probably elderly. I don't think that's right, though, about it being formed in 1915. I think it goes back further than that, unless it was called something. But I know it was called something else prior to that. But but, but I know because my mum's a part of it. (laughs) So in yeah, well, my mum is too. In 2015, its policy changed to officially welcome trans women in its groups, although its CEO explained that trans women have been welcomed for decades, it has rejected the petition and it calls to you know and its calls to exclude new trans members. We are very proud of this policy and how inclusive and supportive women's institute members are. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this, you see I, I, I always associate the Women's Institute, perhaps because of the magazine my mum gets and so it's something quite twee, isn't it? And it's about, you know, coffee mornings. It and, feels like coffee mornings and sewing yeah. circles. And but they actually, like that, you know... Um, they do a lot of good work. I was just reading, because I just... I, honestly, I just did a quick... Set, and they, they did a, a lot for the HIV AIDS crisis in the 80s and and supported Terence Higgins Trust. I mean, that's amazing, you know. So, so I'm fully behind whatever Women's Institute do. And the only people that this annoys is our usual... <laughs> The usual crowd. Usual crowd. It's really good to see Caroline Caroline Noakes, who's the chair of Women's and Qualities Committee, voicing her support for Women's yeah. Institute. Yeah, you Caroline. Know, last decision to allow trans women to join. I mean, that was really good. Yeah, Caroline Noakes is like our favourite Tory. Our favourite Tory. <laughs> the the one and only. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I didn't know too much about the Women's Institute. It's not something I would consider being part of. You know, I don't think they'd have me. <laughs> the, the WI's official policy states that trans women are welcome to participate in the same way as other women and that it hoped the policy would ensure we are a place for all women to celebrate who they are and influence positive change in their communities. Yeah, it's good. It's That's all good. good. It's all gravy. And I think the the thing is, when, when these stories hit Twitter, because of Twitter being what it is, it's just really, you know... It kind of works in a way of like it demonstrates how petty some people can be, doesn't it? I think the Women's Institute should start serving Bud Light. I mean, instead of tea and coffee, maybe they should have Bud Light. Bud Light. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> Bud, Light. Bud Light and Hershey bars. That's a yeah. start. That's what they should have at Women's Institute meetings. The Bitches Institute. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> And then our last story for today is about the uh, the London Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Now this is one that you were kind of keen on because, I mean this this particular one that's on the screen now, this originated in 2022, mm, and it was yeah. about 
the fact that they'd opened up the category in which you can apply to include non-binary people for the um the marathon that's taking place today in london yeah so okay. you what you had a i don't know what your point was what you were well, I just think with, with something like with mar- with a marathon, you know, that's open pretty much to anybody. Yeah. Anyway, it's an inclusive event. It's not. It's not about being uh, an elite athlete. I know they have elite athletes in it as a separate. Yeah, but within race. the within the marathon, there's like there's several other races going on within it. I mean, there's an elite race. There's other yeah. organisations having races, and I think at those elite levels, they the, the categories are male female. They've not. They haven't mm-hmm. got to the point where they're inclusive yet. Yeah, so so you know it's it's inclusive anyway, and so because on the application form for this, well, yeah, and least, the rest the rest of the people who run like the the masses of the forty the forty seven thousand who who run for fun or whatever or raising money for charity yeah, for charity. Yeah, I you mean see, yeah. that's where the this other category is now coming to play. I think you're if you're a naturally sporty or athletic person, um. You, 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 you want to do this, and if you're trans, because there are a lot of trans women that are involved in amateur sports, aren't there? Like I was speaking to Paula Griffin, you know, the trans football player who was she was in the news a few months ago because there was some issue with a toilet. Uh, she was challenged in a bathroom or something like that. I can't remember the exact story, uh, or she was discriminated against because somebody clocked that she was trans. Uh, in that situation so I got I got to know I started to follow Paula and she when I when I posted about London Marathon today uh, I was just interested you know because I wanted to talk about it on the podcast I wanted to say, are there any trans women running and uh, I just did a quick bit of research but I couldn't find a specific trans person but apparently they interviewed a trans woman who was running and I was trying to find out who that was but I went I came and Paula commented on that saying that she has applied to do it next year Right. So I really want to talk to her about that because, because like to me, this is this is one of those really celebratory things, isn't it? Just, just and you know, it celebrates humanity. What it means to, you know, even even if you're just doing it for the pleasure of running, you know what I mean? Which she's probably what, she's probably applied under the female mm. category. I would think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I don't think that matters. What I'm saying is, it's good that there's trans representation. Oh yeah. But it's included it, within male, female. Because, because, no, because a lot of the, a lot, I, know, I know this is a separate debate about sports and things like that when it comes to trans identity and what trans women are allowed to do in sports. But there's an element about sport that's not just about being elite. And most people who play sports, most people who like sports, most football players, most tennis players, most whatever it is, are not elite. They just yeah, they're, want the, they're doing it for the involvement. They're doing it for mental health enjoyment, reasons. Yes. Yeah. You know, see, I, I would Raising never Raising money for it. charities. I, I'm not the kind of person that's going to run a marathon. I have trouble running to the shop. You know what I mean? I'd, yeah, but I, was... I think, you know, the introduction of the non-binary category is good because if you are mm. non-binary, you, you don't want to be forced to apply under a male or female category, do you? So exactly, yeah. It's so good for probably, that. Yeah, it's but, good for that. You know, if, you, if you're a trans woman or a trans man, you, you're going to, and you, you're a binary trans woman or trans man, you're going to apply under male or female. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, this the question about should trans people be involved in sport? Well, you know, for for the forty seven thousand people who are running in an inclusive an inclusive race or participation event, as they call it, I mean, it doesn't matter. No, another maybe thing. at the elite level, there's a there's a different you know case there, but 
you know, trans women should be included, trans men should be included at all levels, in my opinion. There's no, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no. Yeah, this these are, thing gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just find the London because because I'm watching the London Marathon today, and you know what I'm like. I'm pretty much cynical about everything, <laughs> but I just want. Well, it's just this is brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like this is the first one. I think is it the first one since the lock, like the first COVID lockdown. I'm not sure. Might be the second. Um, no, and anyway, they were just interviewing people, you know, and then everybody's like really joyous. No, it's the second because my brother did it last year, so yeah, it's the second one. Right, right. So, 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 and it's just really nice, you know. It's just it, I'm, everybody, you know, it's just it's an uplifting thing. And to Absolutely. me, that's what sport. When I watch sport, when I watch football, so I'm not. I'm not I've got the application in... form open here. Do you want me to fill it in for you? For me? Yeah, because I, we I... we could go and do it next year. <laughs> Do you know what I'd like? If I'd like You've to got raise money. Twelve months to train. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I would like to do a sponsored sit down for half an hour. Well, didn't you suggest <laughs> that you were going to dress up as a salmon? Oh yeah, this is well, this is my well. My idea was dress as a salmon in, in trans colours. Trans coloured salmon, yeah. And run the wrong way. Well, run... yeah, you don't actually. You wouldn't actually have to run. You could just stand and pretend to be a. A fish swimming in the opposite direction. Would they direction. let me do that, though? Would they allow me to do that? Well, if you entered and you did that, I mean, you could kind of run around and then occasionally stop and try and swim up the wrong way, couldn't you? Like a salmon. Yeah. Fix the flow. But, but you have to be a, you have to be an official, um, not, not competitor's the wrong word, isn't it? Uh, what's the word? Official. Um, yeah, you'd have to well, enter. Well, that's what I'm before. saying. You have to be on the list. You can't, you can't just turn up. No, you can't just turn up. You'd have to be a participant. And then whilst you're participating, you could do your up the up, swimming up the uh, mm. against the flow thing in your salmon outfit. Yeah. But I don't, you see, that the, because of the security and the kind of you know thing around it, I don't think you could do it because you'd have to start at the end and then work your way. No, you could you could run. <laughs> with the crowd, stop, turn around, yeah. pretend to yeah. swim up the, and then carry on. I mean, nobody would complain about that. You're not yeah. disrupting everybody, anybody. You could just stand there and pretend to be a fish that's swimming, and the cameras would see you, and, and somebody would say, oh, no, look, I there's think, a fish swimming up the stream there. I think for the idea to work, you'd have to do it at a lesser marathon, like the London Marathon would be too. You could do it in Manchester. Yeah, you'd have to do it something like that, and, and I'm going to do it. But if you did it for charity... Um, yeah, but if, no, but if I did it for charity, I wouldn't be a. I'd, I'd have to do the actual run. Well, you can still do the run. I mean, you've got like all day to do it. You'd have to. You'd, you'd, <laughs> but we need to start training immediately. We need to start okay. training tomorrow. You want to fill the form in? I'll, I'll run up to Town Hall steps, and you can film me. Are you? Are you a female or non-binary? I'm going to go as non-binary. A non-binary salmon. Okay. Yeah, non-binary salmon swimming the wrong way up the Manchester Marathon. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. But listen, we have to do a video of you training me. You know, like a proper. Well, who's going to train me? I thought you. I thought it was just me. No, we're both doing it. Oh no, I can't do that. You have to be the trainer, and I. Have to, I'll be the runner. You're telling me I can't be in the marathon. No, because we have to. It, the idea is you try. You create that training montage. Well, we need to get you, somebody else to do the. Running up the town hall steps and all that. And we need somebody else to come and film us. Oh, right, okay. It would be a comedy of errors, but yeah. 
I just can't imagine me doing that. Just, I'm just, no, I just can't imagine me doing it. I would definitely have a go. I mean, if I thought I could get to the level where I could do it, I might have a go. But it just feels like an impossibility. You know, I was, I'm tired just walking up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired watching the marathon. This, on the this is the point I'm making. Yeah, it's tiring just watching it. You know, yeah. I went to watch the Manchester Marathon the other weekend because my brother was in it. And I went from um, Timperley tram station, walked down to Timperley where they live. And that was like 20 minutes walk and I was knackered just doing that. So you want me to run 26 <laughs> miles? No, I don't think it's going to happen. Right. Well, <laughs> that was a, that was an interesting collection of news. Wasn't it? Let's, let me put found it. I hope you found that illuminating. Size selves. For more of that, we'll be live on Thursday. So when Are we, we doing a live on Thursday? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like the live one because I like the chat. Well, this is live now. What if you put it out on YouTube live? No, but we're live, aren't we? We're, no, we're... I meant like I like that people can chat with us as we're because <laughs> we don't really do news topics. We just have a. Have a have one topic and then we'll I think around. both are good because this is like we look we look at the news and have a mm. have an after. And the other one is kind of we, we we pick a topic and we interact with the people watching. I think they're both yeah. good. They're both I good. Think, in I, think, ways. I think it's a bit dafter, isn't it, the Thursday one? The Thursday one kinda of get can get a bit out of hand, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got you kinda of have to keep an eye on the comments. Well, that, well I know we, this. we got some dodgy comments last time, so we've got to be careful of those. Yeah, it's not so much, it's more to do with what I say because I like, my mum likes to listen to it on the Alexa and um, when when she listens to the Thursday one, she I know she's going to be tutting at me because I, <laughs> I tend to swear a lot more on that one. Well, I mean, we can swear on that one because the 18 plus is on. Mm. You know, this one is supposed to be clean. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll not get my boobs out just yet. <laughs> uh no, probably not. They're looking good though. Yeah. <laughs> They're still really hard, rock hard, you know, because well, they, they said be. that it takes it takes about three uh not three months, two or th- two or three months for it to fully settle. So they put them quite high up and then as the as gravity does its job. Yeah. You better get on to Victoria's Secret quick. <laughs> Well, I will be looking for some nice bras and I want to get some matching stuff. Yeah, so you know what I'm like. I'll be taking pictures of myself and putting them on Twitter. Are we doing the song? <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you think we can do it? Why not? We always try. Right. I'm going to count as, you know, the, you know the notation now, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. One, two, three. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe. To that was the nearest we've ever been to, to harmonise. Yeah, you see, we're getting there. <laughs> we'll try again on Thursday. Okay. Thanks oh, for watching before, before and listening. Go, if you're on the pod and you didn't watch, you can watch if you go on YouTube. I just wanted to say before we say goodbye, there's a brilliant thing on TV at the moment, Ruby Wax, Castaway. Oh, I've not watch, seen that. It's brilliant. Yeah, what channel is that on? Yeah, Channel 5. Channel 5, okay. Yeah, I love Ruby Works. Right, bye. So, bye. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to do all those other things. Yes. And we'll see you soon.